Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Folks at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans around town, especially those of our DNVR listeners who've switched to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. And if you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, you'll receive a free Sonicare toothbrush from Green Mountain Dental Group located only 15 minutes from downtown Denver. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Strava CBD will improve the quality of your morning since it's rich in CBD and CBG. And it's going to have you feeling as great as I've been because their CBD infused coffee can help with chronic headaches, joint pains, and so much more for me and the exercise I put in several days a week, running upwards up to 30 miles a week. Strava has actually helped in my recovery. It's helped reduce a lot of soreness that I have from, from those workouts. So if you're looking to supplement those workouts and you just want less of those general aches and pains, try Strava Craft Coffee. Go to StravaCraftCoffee.com. And now your first purchase is going to be 25% off with promo code DNVR25. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. I think that's my name. I, I think I got it. I figured it out. And I'm still your host and I'm still Patrick Lyons and I'm your host. I'm all of these things wrapped up into one. We're, we're live here for everyone watching in the DNVR sports families after a very disappointing Broncos loss. So I'm emotionally tied up in this and tongue tied all together, but I'm glad here that we'll have a chance and an opportunity to maybe resolve some of these issues Using the Rockies, it's strange to think that we're looking to the Rockies now to maybe make us feel a little bit better, but they're going to do that. And so is our guest, Noah Yingling of Rocks Pile. It's one of the the many fan-sided sites that they have. You also are writing for Call to the Pen, and we'll get to some of those stories. So, Noah, thank you for helping us get through this difficult time right now in Broncos and Rockies country. More than happy to join you. One of the things you wrote about recently, and, and we're going to get to our, our fun games as, again, if you're watching online right now on YouTube, we're going to try to name all, I think there might be about 125 or so, it's definitely over 100, different opening day starters that the Rockies have had over the last 29 seasons. We're going to try to do that in the final segment. We'll have a lot of fun doing that. We'll even break down some of the interesting minor league signings that the Rockies have made in the past couple weeks and, and reflect on some of those minor league signings for the last few years, because you may not realize, but there could be a player or two in this group that could end up impacting the roster next year. But let's start with something that you put out recently on call to the pen. And ultimately it's that Carlos Correa, one of the top free agents still available. We know right now 
in the middle of this lockout. No transactions can happen. But Carlos Correa being the top shortstop free agent, Trevor Story now the, the second one that's left from that major group of five, his market continues to impact Story to this day after some recent news came out about Detroit as well as his former club in the Houston Astros. Yeah, and then there was also, and Kevin, my co-expert at Roxpile, who also is at Call to the Pen, he wrote about there were some Chicago Cubs fans singing Christmas carols right in front of Wrigley Field, and uh, they were uh, singing, uh, they were changing lyrics out for Carlos Correa, and then he responded to them on Twitter as well. Yeah, they substituted Gloria for Correa. Yeah, so it worked out pretty well, and I was impressed. I was impressed. Yeah, he mentioned them on Twitter as well. So, of course, there's rumors of, oh well, is he, is he saying that because he wants to be with the Cubs? Obviously, we won't know until the lockout ends, which I don't think the lockout is going to end anytime soon. Hopefully, it does, but it it's not going to. For for story, I mean, we all kind of thought it would be Texas at first, yeah, because he had said the geography. And obviously him being from Irving, Texas, which is a suburb of Arlington. It, it, it's just north of Arlington. It's 10 miles away or so roughly from uh, Glo- from Globe Life there in Arlington. That's his childhood team, right? Every kid wants to play for the team they grew up watching. Immediately, that was, that was the place where people thought he would be. Obviously, that's not going to happen now with them signing Corey Seager and uh, Marcus Semien. But Probably. Probably. I- I mean, uh, maybe we'll come back around to it. We'll come back around and say, is it more likely that he would sign with the Rangers at this point or the Rockies? That that could be an interesting wrinkle, right? But I, yeah. I, you're right. I, I think the Rangers are probably out of the out of, out of question right now. Yeah. Never say never, but it's one step before he's not going to sign with them. Because yeah, as as Harry Ralston Black would say, that's baseball. If he would were to sign with them, the Rangers. Oh, they signed three of the top shortstops on the free agent market. This offseason, eh, that's baseball. Maybe they, they've got they could have an Ian Desmond type plan and put Trevor Story. Well, they'd put Trevor Story at first base if they're really going to stay true to the Ian Desmond yeah. plan. But as you wrote about again on on call to the pen over on Fansided, is that it was reported that the Tigers did make a ten year two hundred seventy five million dollar offer to Correa before the lockout. Yep. Pretty good deal probably a little short of what we thought his market would be. He turned it down, and then Tigers went the quote-unquote cheap route to sign Javi Baez for six years, $140 million. And Houston apparently doesn't want to go past six years for a shortstop. So, again, it becomes a bit of a situation where really wherever Correa goes is going to impact Story's market. Or really, almost Correa has to find a home first before Trevor Story can find that home for himself. Yeah, and I would I would think assuming that the Astros uh, rumor is true that they don't want to go any more than six years with a player, I'd have to think it's Trevor Story or bust for them. And that's that's completely my opinion. They've made it to the ALCS in each of the last five years. And with re-signing Dusty Baker, they are not conceding whatsoever. And also, too, they re-signed Justin Verlander. It's not like they're trading everybody away. So they have to find a shortstop. And right now, I believe at the top of their depth chart is Jeremy Pena. He is, and I think he hasn't played above high ball, high A ball yet at this point. So, you know, sure, he, he could be an option for them. Uh, maybe more of a glove first guy at this point in his career. But 
look, every every team is going to have a guy that slots in as currently right now the starting such yeah. and such is this player, but we know that that's a need that needs to be addressed. And I imagine they would be more inclined to go Andrelton Simmons or Jose Iglesias. He does have 30 games at AAA, but that's all that's all he played in 2021. Well, he played seven games in rookie ball. Right. But otherwise, that that's all he played. Before that, yeah, he had not played above advanced A ball. Yeah, so, yeah, going going into the season, I, I I should have prefaced that. So he's he's okay, but again, you're right. They're still trying to win right now. They're they are very much in in that win mode, and I think Trevor Story would get them closer to that goal without breaking the bank. That's the thing is, depending on the deal that Correa signs, or maybe if Houston gets somewhat aggressive once the lockout ends, they might pay half the price for Story that they would for Carlos Correa, which frees them up to do other things out there, either this off season or in the future, because frankly, they just have a little bit extra payroll that they're not yeah. giving to a star shortstop. Well, they're giving it to a star shortstop, but not the upper echelon of star shortstops yeah. in Carlos Correa. And the thing is too, with Correa, he hasn't been all that healthy in his career. So that's something nope. where you have to consider of, okay, story wasn't, healthy as much this year but he's been more healthy than Correa and if Correa is making twice as much as Story Story might be the better bang for your buck especially because like with the Tigers they said okay we don't want to go with Correa so we're going to go out and get Baez but they could also get Eduardo Rodriguez they're looking to get another starter they probably want another outfielder as well so they can for the money that they would have spent on Correa they can get four or five players and be a more well-rounded team then okay we have arguably the best shortstop in baseball we are so thankful for everyone who came out to sunday's tailgate against the Bengals. yeah the what happened inside the stadium certainly was as as much fun as it was outside the stadium thanks to sexy pizza and breckenridge brewery for providing the all you can eat pizza and all you can drink beer remember that new members can sign up to the dnvr.com for only 50 cents in your first month your annual membership will actually get you a free shirt from the dnvrlocker.com. And you know you get a bigger beer when you're hanging out at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax in York. We've got all the sports going all the time with watch parties. The cool thing is we have the sound on so you can hear that live broadcast. And it essentially feels like you are at the stadium, especially with the diehards that we have coming through the DNVR bar each and every night. There's happy hours from 3 to 6 p.m. with drink specials and appetizer discounts. We have a members-only Discord where you can talk to hosts and personalities and other diehard fans like yourself. Extra raffle tickets when you go to the watch parties. It's it's really a fantastic option, and we, we love seeing you guys. We love hanging out with you. We know winter's coming. That's not terribly exciting, but you know we still are able to connect here on the YouTube channel in the members-only Discord. And so make sure you're signed up to the dnvr.com today. As I said, Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. It's the Avalanche Ale. That's the Strawberry Sky, Vanilla Porter Jr. All those are on tap at the DNVR bar. But we also have them as our official seltzer. That's right. It's called Breckenridge Brewery's Good Company Hard Seltzer. Available at the DNVR bar in the corner of Colfax, New York. And it's available to you anywhere you typically get your alcohol at King Supers, Costco, whatever it is. You can get a 15-can sampler, which is usually preferred. It's the tap pack for number 15, Rymel Tapia. And I should mention that Breck does a cool thing where they're donating 
a percentage of their profits to the National Parks Conservation Association this year to help prevent forest fires. That's Breckenridge Breweries, Good Company Heart Seltzer, an easy choice for a great company. Speaking of which, we've got a new sponsor we love for you to support. It's Snooze Mattress and SnoozeSleep.com. Their Snooze Flip is the most universal mattress on the planet. It's one that's designed to fit every body. That's right. It's the world's first four-in-one mattress. You can choose soft, firm, cool, or cozy. Typically, you buy one mattress that lasts eight years. But you know what? A lot can change in that amount of time. As you get fitter, you might get a little bit healthier, but you're definitely going to get older. That's why it's back for the 122-year warranty. It's made by Colorado and designed for the world. Now, when you use code DNVR when you visit snoosleep.com, you'll receive $250 off a mattress and $250 off adjustable base when using code DNVR. Well, over this past week, the Rockies made some interesting moves. Anytime you make a transaction, it's always interesting because you can dream on it a little bit. The three guys most recently was Ty Block, former San Francisco Giants, left-handed starting pitcher, Kyle Holder, shortstop, a utility infielder, but probably more of an outfielder in Tim Lopes. And that also goes on to a couple of guys that they did sign to minor league deals earlier in the offseason. Right-handed pitcher Michael Peterson, catcher Max George, who was already in the organization, re-upped, came back, as well as left-handed pitcher Brayling Eusebio, who also came back to the organization. Those three new guys, Block, Holder, and Lopes, again, you might not be excited, but really once you start digging in and looking at their profiles, can you see that these guys could possibly help the Rockies next season? And they absolutely could. I mean, all of them are essentially depth pieces, but yeah. as especially the Rockies saw in September, you have to have depth. We saw with their starting rotation of, okay, starting rotation is their strength, but, oh, now we have multiple guys on the injured list. Where are we going to go? So, for example, Ty Block, he could be that guy who is essentially a swingman in the sense that Chichi Gonzalez has been in the past few years where he could start or he could be a long reliever. He did that with, with San Francisco, and he last pitched in the majors in 2019, but in 2018 he made 47 appearances, 13 starts, had a 425 ERA for them but he had 118 innings pitched. In 2017, he made 34 appearances, 24 starts for the Giants, an ERA of 478. And also, too, he's a Denver native, so that's that's part Love of the that. reason why they signed him as well, which the Rockies, the, really, they, they, they should be signing more Colorado natives because, especially the pitching department, because they know how to pitch at altitude. And like with Block, for example, he has a ground ball rate, I believe 47, 48% in his career. Big ground ball pitcher. Yeah, he's uh, that's above the league average. And uh, since 2019, Antonio Senzatella, Herman Marquez, John Gray, all in the top 20 of starting pitchers in ground ball rate. And guess where they pitch better at? Coors Field. Yeah, he profiles a lot like Kyle Freeland where Block doesn't necessarily miss a lot of bats. But as you said, weak contact, it's, it's interesting. You, you begin to kind of see how metrics can have their flaws because you look at his ERA, you go, all right, it's about league average, maybe a little bit better. 
but his ERA plus is below 100. I think for his career might be somewhere around 93. But then when you look at his wins above replacement, you know, over the court, you know, he had back-to-back years where he was worth, I believe, 2.2 wins above replacement, according to baseball reference. So really depends on, on how you dice it. But yeah, great depth piece, a guy that I actually profiled a couple weeks back when discussing this idea that there's a loophole, it's not really, but just players that are in the minor leagues are not a part of the players association. So they're not in the union, which means they would never be on strike and the owners are not locking them out. So they're still available. And so highlighted block as one of the few guys that really deserves some more opportunities to start most other options out there. They probably need to go to the bullpen you know, to really see an uptick in their fastball a little bit because they're just ultimately not getting it done either in AAA or in their brief amount of opportunities. They're a little bit older and blocks, you know, no spring chicken. I think he's 31 years old, but nevertheless, he's still a guy that could start. He has, is, is very, has a similar profile to Peter Lambert in that they both had Tommy John surgery and are both kind of on the same path. I think Lambert might be ahead of him just a little bit, but considering that, you know, block is more of a, of a veteran player it wouldn't even shock me if Block started the season in the rotation or when the Rockies needed a fifth starter, he was their first option to give Lambert some more time and to even give some of those younger guys like Ryan Feltner and Ryan Rollison a little bit more time to acclimate either to the big leagues or just to shorten up their season because six months is a very long time for any number of those young players. Another signing too and another colorado native and actually a former rocky too is jd hammer which trivia do you know what trade he was in where the rockies traded him and then obviously they just got him back but they traded him to of course the phillies for pat nishek that's right so um but hammer is from fort collins he obviously is familiar with pitching at altitude as well so he pitched for the phillies and the majors in 2019 and 2021 they have to have depth and Tim Lopes is another depth piece. Essentially he's, he's like a Garrett Hampson and that he can play infield. He can play the outfield. Doesn't have a great bat, but he has some speed. And then I don't know if you saw this with Kyle Holder at first, I was kind of like, huh, that's okay. I, he hasn't made it to the majors played with the Yankees. Okay. Maybe that's the, maybe he's connected with uh, Rocky's new assistant hitting coach, PJ Pilateri, I believe. Pilateri, you got it. Good pronunciation. There you go. So he was the former Yankees assistant hitting coach. But Kyle Holder is from San Diego. And you know who is from San Diego. Mr. Connor Joe. And, and Black. Black. I think I think he would have been uh two years younger than than Connor Joe. So they probably crossed paths there. So yeah, a lot of a lot of connections. I think PJ Pilateri is, is even from the San Diego area. I think he's from San Dimas, which is where Peter Lambert from. So yeah, a lot, lot of interesting connections. Holder is is interesting to me because something that I, I posited briefly in the article uh, up on the dnvr.com uh, about these minor league signings is that as strange as it may seem, and really I think it might be like the 2014 Detroit Tigers might be the last example of this, and they did go to the postseason that year, we could see a platoon at shortstop. That sounds crazy, but You've got two glove first players and not just, Hey, my glove is better than my bat. No, we're talking above average defensively shortstops in Kyle Holder and Alan Trejo and Holder bats left-handed and Alan Trejo bats right-handed. Trejo had a way better triple a season than Holder did. But again, Holder's defense plays. He was a rule five draft pick. 
Uh, this time last year by the Cincinnati Reds, didn't play too well down in Goodyear during spring training, and so was offered back to the Yankees. But it would be strange to to have that kind of a, a platoon ad shortstop. But nevertheless, hey, if that frees up some of the payroll to go out and, and boost the offense in the outfield, why not? Let's go for it. Above average defense at shortstop, no matter who's in the lineup. Again, that could help contribute to a couple of extra wins during this course of the season. Yeah, and the Rockies have to determine whether that would be a smart move or not. Because, I mean, if you look at the team, okay, they were a 74-win team. They know their offense was not good. And you're losing one of the biggest components of it in Trevor's story. Yeah. Okay, you can go defense if you have more offense. But if you're getting an outfielder, or if the DH comes... If you're just going to rotate the current guys that you have in there, essentially, if you make no moves like they've made in recent off seasons, now granted they did get Diaz crone, but they were on minor league deals. You, you aren't going to be a better team. It's, it's really as simple as that. Unless some players make strides. Now, if, if Sam Hilliard becomes a guy who can hit 30 homers and drive in a hundred each year, then you're in a lot better spot. If Rymel Tapia can elevate the ball somewhat and get on base at a 340-350 clip, you're in a better spot. If Garrett Hampson, if he can be a slightly below league average hitter instead of 30% below league average hitter, he could be your everyday shortstop. But if you have all of these different positions where, okay, this guy can't hit, this guy can't hit, this guy can't hit, this guy's average, but this guy can't hit, you're going to have a, you're going to have a big, big problem. Very problematic. It is. And I, I'm glad you brought up Cronin Diaz. Cause one thing I wanted to do was, you know, kind of remind people of the importance of these minor league deals. Again, it, it's typically nothing earth shattering, but you look at last off season and in November, the Rockies signed Jose Briseño, Jose Gomez, Derek Rodriguez, left-hand reliever, Brian Gonzalez, as well as, first baseman outfielder Connor Joe, who ended up contributing with 211 plate appearances and was very good. So that was a nice pickup in December. Their minor league signings were guys that were familiar to the organization already. Joe Harvey, Chichi Gonzalez, Zach Rosscup, again, got over 100 innings out of Chichi. Joe Harvey was put on the 40-man, called up, but didn't play. Zach Rosscup only had three innings pitched. Chris Owings was a January signing. And CJ Crone, 547 at-bats, more of a veteran guy, and, and we could see the Rockies make some more of those moves. But if you look in the early part of the offseason with these real stretches, right, because I think it is a stretch to think that Kyle Holder could could contribute in a major way, a little yeah. bit less so for Ty Block, especially if he's healthy. But you can at least see, hey, there there's some opportunity if if things go right for those players and all goes well. I can't tell you how many times people be like, oh, the Rockies have this guy. Yeah, they signed him uh, the week before Christmas on a minor league deal. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes they fall between the cracks where, oh, the Rockies got this guy a year ago? Oh, I, I didn't realize that. Taylor <laughs> right Motter also. Taylor Motter was signed in, in March. He was great at AAA, did only have 22 at-bats, but you, you, you have to be going out there and, and reaching. And, and the one thing I found in the last couple seasons is that when the Rockies were really good, their minor league signings were fewer and farther between. And we, we saw that how many there were this last offseason because they had a lot of gaps. 
They had yeah. a lot of holes. They weren't getting that support from the upper ends of the the minor league system. And so let, let's go back to 2016 and 17. These are some of the minor league deals of players who actually contributed to the majors. Again, nothing terribly exciting, but you can see how, hey, you know what? Don't totally sleep on these guys. Just keep your eyes and ears open and, and, and give these guys a chance and say, hey, you know what? There could be something here because every team has them. 2016-17 offseason before they went back to the postseason for the first time since 2009 on minor league deals, DJ Johnson, Daniel Castro, and on the more veteran side, Mark Reynolds. In 2017-18, Brooks Pounders, they signed him in December. That was it. That They had the depth in going into that 2018 season. 2018-2019, Ashton Godot, who was a minor, was a true minor league free agent in that they, they picked him up as a double-A, triple-A guy who had yet to even make his major league debut, was fantastic with the Yard Goats. Chichi was signed in December, Mark Reynolds again in January, and then the 2019-20 offseason, you had a slew of guys, some who appeared and some who didn't, like Eric Stamets, Wes Parsons, Drew Butera, Chris Owings, that was his first go-around. And, and then, as you said, Elias Diaz in January of 2020, and then Ubaldo Jimenez and Daniel Bard in yep. February of 2020. But you can go back yep. and look and see how, and, and for all the names I mentioned, there's about three or four times as many names that you go, I, I don't know who that is, and they're irrelevant. And you know, and that might be the case for a guy like Nick Longy or Winton Bernard, who they were off-season signings last year. But you you simply never know. Lamont Wade Jr. was an unknown player, even in Minnesota's neck of the woods, and that's where he came from, and yet was plucked and something good came of it. So again, by no means do I really want to get your hopes up. But I do want to inform you to say that, you know, there's a shot that one or or two of these guys, maybe even three, Block, Holder, and J.D. Hammer, at some point, you do see them at Coors Field this year. The people over at Ball, they've got a good eye. They're good scouts. And right now, they're, they're looking for folks. They're looking for prospects out there who want to work on the front line of aluminum beverage can production process at their plant in Golden. And they're offering $27 an hour to do that. You also have potential for increases at 6, 12, and 18 months on the job. You can have comprehensive insurance active the day of hire. There's a stock purchase ownership program, a 401k retirement, and even potential for annual bonus. Text GOLDEN to 77222 so you can get linked to all of their open positions. Go directly to jobs.ball.com. It's another option. And search for GOLDEN. That's jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. Or simply text GOLDEN to 77222. Then take that hard-earned paycheck buy yourself a home with the expertise and support of Chevalier Mortgage. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to give their borrowers options with their full financial picture in mind and with the highest level of integrity, making sure to always put their borrowers first. Now, something to keep in mind, if you already own a home, prices are going up. And guess what? That creates natural equity in your home. So if you've got mortgage insurance, there's a chance that you can refinance out of that and make the bubble work for you. They have a fun perk right now for DNVR listeners. If you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Most importantly, get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Spring is going to be right around the corner. I know it's not even officially winter yet, but spring's going to be around the corner, and that's going to be the time to move, so get your ducks in a row. Now, call Virginia directly at 303-257-6578 or visit dnvrmortgage.com. 
NMLSnumber1931006, Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006, Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has an offer every football fan should jump on. New customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score, and when they do, you win $100 in free bets. It's that easy and rewarding. DraftKings customers can also get skin in the game with new same-game parlays. You combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit, withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR and new customers can bet just $1 on either NFL team to score. And if they do, you win $100 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Now, I don't think everyone is noticing about that Washington and Philly game that was moved back to Tuesday, but right now it's at plus 210 to Washington on the money line talking about my DraftKings sportsbook pick of the week both teams are sitting at six and seven washington right now is on the road at the link but the eagles are one and four at home philly fans and media are doing a lot of complaining right now about how this screws them over more than washington well they're coming off of a bye week so they should enjoy that extra rest it's maybe too much rest for them we know that happened with the colorado rockies back in 2007. maybe it'll happen again washington has won four in a row at least since they lost here in Denver by a touchdown. They lost last week to the Cowboys by a touchdown. So I think they're really going to continue that grind, which is why my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week is the Washington football team footballers, plus 210 on the money line. Did I have that name right, by the way? For for a guy who lives in an area where there's new team names all the time, the Washington football team footballers, is that that's correct, right? I mean, if it's not correct, it should be correct. So I'll just say this, the Washington <laughs> Guardians. There we go. There you, you know, go. We're all happy. Hey, before we get to our fun game, I did want to kind of pick your brain and see what your thoughts were about that interesting map that came out by Baseball Reference with the graphic about the most popular players all around the country. Did you get a chance to see that? Uh, yes, I did. Thing? Yeah, I had an article about it on Rock's Pile. I believe it was, was it? I believe it was yesterday. Did you try um, to crack the case of how Whit Merrifield makes sense for the state of Colorado? Did you figure that one out yet? Uh, it's got to be that uh, it's since Kansas is close, and may, maybe the maybe Rockies fans are just so well educated they just were looking him up to see how long his consecutive games played streak is. I mean, that that that's the only thing I can think of. That's yeah, that's that okay. That sounds better than what I have. I mean, in any in any other year when there isn't a Shohei Otani in existence that makes it just doesn't make any sense. There are others. There are some other weird ones that I really tried to figure out and I researched either. Nolan Arenado, Wyoming. Congratulations to Wyoming. Yeah. Well, former Casper ghost. I mean, that, that makes yeah. all the sense, but Jacob DeGrom, South Dakota. Look, all of the good players, they get a pass. Like, okay, that's fine. Especially if there's no major league team or minor league team, South Dakota's, curious about one of the greatest pitchers of this generation fantastic above them they don't care about pitching they care about hitting home runs that's why barry bonds was north dakota so okay that's fine that that 
makes some sense, I guess, right? I the the other two though, I really find interesting. Hank Aaron was in a couple of those states. He was in Maryland, or actually, Hank Aaron was in North Dakota. Montana was Barry Bonds, I think. But Hank Aaron wasn't popular in his state. Shoeless Joe Jackson was for Tennessee, and Bobby Dahlbeck was up in, I believe, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. Yeah. That and again, That's you go. Oh, he's a, he's a Boston Red Sox player, so you go. Well, that makes sense for Bobby Dahlbeck, yeah. except he's the first player that people are searching in New Hampshire. Is he from New Hampshire? No, he was born in Seattle and played ball down at Legend High School in Parker, Colorado. Yep. I can't make any sense. And the other weird one, Aaron Nola, Connecticut. You go, ah, that's close to Philadelphia, but Connecticut is a state that essentially borders the Red Sox territory and the Yankees territory. Yeah. How, how does Aaron Nola fit in there? I don't get it. Have you participated in any games on Sporkle before? I have, yes. You have. You've sporkled. Yes. Yeah, I, I had not sporkled in quite some time. Yeah, I don't know how old the site is. I, I want to say it's at least a decade, but I remember when yeah. I first found it, that just wastes. I first found it when I was fantastic. in either middle school or high school, so that's been close to a decade now. So, yeah. It's a lot of fun. You can do trivia on, on all kinds of things. Most of them are somewhat reputable. Like occasionally, you'll see a mistake here and there, but on this one, and, and and it looks pretty thorough because you've got you've got all 29 seasons here, going from 1993 down to 2021, and it is every single opening day starter. There's 262 names on the list. They're not all different and unique. And our goal, Noah, is to try to name all of these players from all 29 seasons. But instead of starting with Number 17, who played 17 seasons, Todd Helton. Let's, let's make it a little bit different. Let's make it interesting. Let's try to get as close as we can to players who only had one opening day. We'll start with that list, and then we'll jump around from year to year. And we've got some hardcore listeners. So if they hear your keys moving at all, Noah, you will be ratted out. You will be vilified forever as a big old cheater. So we're just going to have to do our best. And, and, and this is why I picked you to be on this one, because I know you can hang. I know you're, you're a good person that they can do this with. So I believe in you. You don't need the internet to do this. You got it, Noah. There, he's showing his hands. He's good. My hands are behind my back. That'll do. We don't, we don't have to tie you up. But all right, <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and start. We got 20 minutes to do this. Let's, again, try to name one-year guy. Do you want to start with starting pitchers? Because the most – a starting pitcher has ever appeared on opening day is twice. There's a couple of guys who've done it. So let's go with the most obscure ones. Let's go with the, the one year starting pitchers on opening day. Who's uh, off the top of your head. David need N I E D David need. That would be the first one in 1993. Oh, let's it for, we're going to try to show off as much as we can here. Uh, and it, it won't always work out, but I'll, I know 1994 was, Mr. Armando Reynoso yep. in 1994. Now, after that, I don't know if we can continue going on the timeline, but I'll try. Bill Swift. That's right. He was signed along with Larry Walker. He only um, had one. We could either go in order or if you want just first timers, I could skip Kevin Ritz because I know Kevin Ritz had two. In a Kevin row. Ritz did have two. Well, we'll um, go ahead and, and Pedro Ostasio had one. 
that was it. Because he was with the Rockies for at least a three, four years. He only had one. Uh, Sean Estes had one. He did. He's in there somewhere. Kyle Kendrick. I, I'm going more recent. I, I don't know if I can keep up with going year by year, but Kyle Kendrick is a very notable one, to say the least, in more more recent timeline. Uh, Kip Wells, 2008, mm. I want to say. Kip Wells. Was that 2008? Calling your shot? That's right. Who started opening day in their World Series year? That's a good question. It wasn't Jeremy uh, Guthrie, but I know Jeremy Cook, I would have to guess. But yeah, Did Jeremy he... Guthrie is on there. Let's see Aaron Cook. Was he 2007? And... He was. And 2009. Look at that. Both of them. Jorge De La Rosa was two starts. Yeah. Ulysses Chassin made one. He did make one, I believe, like in 2013. 13? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, f- I think that's all. Well, Kyle Freeland made one. Kyle Freeland made one. John Gray made I've... two. And yeah. Herman Marquez made two. We did We're still missing a couple. Obaldo Jimenez made two. Yep. Hey, G- oh. I Jason Jennings one. made two. Jason Jennings, yes. Mike Hampton he, made two. And we're missing 2005. 2005. And oh, Joe and 98 and 99. Joe Kennedy. I know that was 2005. Now, I've, I'm a huge Joe Kennedy fan. I know he had a huge year. I'm guessing his huge year was in 2004 because he yeah. did come out of almost nowhere. With and that 2005, season. he was traded. And Oh, okay, so maybe 2005 – was his was his big year other than 2004 all right let, um, let's come back to that we know second base and catcher i know the other one for starters daryl kyle daryl kyle for two years in 98 and 99 all right do you want to do second base or catchers let's do catchers all right let's do catchers uh joe girardi he may have had two i'm not sure but not girardi, very i think had three. Oh, he had three there you go Kurt Manwaring, I had two or three. He had three. Okay. Brent Main had two. I'm bringing my arms up front here. (laughs) One of my favorite guys who I think he may have only had one year was Ramon Hernandez. I was a huge Ramon Hernandez fan. He had one at 2011 or 2012. Oh, we, we, uh, we accidentally also got Jose Hernandez. For that one, but yes, 2012 was Ramon Hernandez. Uh, I'm gonna JD go Cl- in the way back machine on this one. So JD Closter, go ahead. Who did you JD have? Closter was, I know he was. Um, Jorge Brito, B R I T O. That one, I will go ahead and say, didn't know that one, but JD Closter was mentioned on. Monday's podcast. You haven't heard that now. I did record that already if you're watching live, but JD Klosser got a nice little shout out, as did Danny Ardwan. Yep. Um, Gary Bennett. Okay, yes. I knew the name, but not that he was an opening day starter. Charles Johnson made a few. I'm going to say two. He made two. And we also got Howard Johnson for that one. Um, got some extra bang for our buck. Obviously, Chris Ionet has made numerous. He's but. made a lot. He's made five or six, I want to say. Boom. Brent Main. Right. We got Brent Main. So we're missing... Yorvit Torrealba. Now, I remember going back and looking at 
some point at the end of last season, and I was surprised that he didn't have very many opening day starts. Yeah, I think he just had one or two. 2008, that was it. That was the only one. Willeen Rosario. He's got to have at least two. Tony Walters has one. I, I think Walters had two, 2020 and 2017. There you I go. Think. This past Nick year, Elias Diaz. Yep. Nick Hundley made two. How many are left? Or is that it? I think we might have gotten them all. I think we did. All right, okay. second base is another obscure one. You want to start with Chris Owings. That, that was that was last year. That's right. Very brief. Uh, I don't Josh think J- Rutledge. Josh Rutledge. Yeah, he was on there. I don't know for how many years. I know he, he came, seemed like he came back and forth into the organization a couple times. I'm a big Jason Bates guy. Yeah. Yeah, he had one. And also have to say Ronnie Belliard was one. Love Ronnie B. There was a good run between like 2000 to 2005 where I think they had a, a new second base, maybe even a new shortstop just about every year as well. Now this is going to get us two, but Todd Walker and then obviously Larry Walker for the outfield. Sure. Yeah, a lot, lot popped out. Uh, Aaron um, Miles, he yeah, might. Aaron be- Miles made one or two. It's like only one for him. Luis Gonzalez, the non-former Diamondback. Luis A. Gonzalez. Yes. With a Z. There we go. And we all- that also, of course, gives us the Little Pony, Carlos Gonzalez. Kazmatsui. Yes, for one season. Yes, 2007. They acquired him in 2007. And then the year after that was Jason Nix. Jason with a Y. Nick. And with an X, not a CKS. Yeah. <laughs> I had forgotten him. This one will get us multiple positions. Ian Stewart, second base and third base. He started at second base, really. Yeah. 2009. 2009. Clint Barmas. He's going to be on there. How many years do you think Clint Barmas is going to be on there for second and short? Uh, I want to say three. I guess one four. Second, do it short. And it looks like it was only three. Marco Scudero. He did have one year. For, yeah, Marco Scudero is, before Michael Givens was the last player that the Rockies essentially traded at the deadline, a veteran guy where they were trading away to to get prospects and say, hey, let's just take his contract. We're clearly not contending. Think about that. 20, 2013 was the last time before 2021 that they did that. And now obviously in 2017 and 18, they were going to contention. They were adding players, but nevertheless, it is strange to think that yeah. Marco Scudero is, is part of those, those bookends. All right. We've got a lot of second basemen. I don't know Jose if we want Lopez for second base. You've got another one for Jose Lopez. And obviously we can put in McMahon and LeMahieu as well. That covers close to a decade right there. That will get us. A lot of the more recent ones, for sure. I think Ryan McMahon oh, is only had young as well. Haven't Eric, mentioned him. Duh. Ryan McMahon only two opening day starts, which is crazy to think since he's been on the roster for a while since 2007. Uh, no, yeah, since 2017. Yeah, he started at second base in 2019 and 20, and didn't start in 2021. That's right. So he's he's yet to start. Think about that. He could have possibly won a Gold Glove this year, and yet. Zero well, opening day starts at third base. That yep. would be interesting. Yep, DJ LeMayhew. And I think in that research that I was... 95 It wasn't Eric Young. I know that. Uh, 
Eric Young only two starts at second base. That was another one with Torrealba. That I know Freddie Benavides made a start, but I believe it was a shortstop. That was that was the inaugural year. That was the expansion in 1993. Freddie Benavides. That's right. Uh, I want to say 90, at least one of 94, 95, possibly both years. Was Roberto Mejia? Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead. And, you know, I I think they've had good representation a little bit here and there. But now let's jump specifically to 2021 for anyone that's playing at home. And we're about halfway through our time. We're having having some fun with this. We've got Elias Diaz, Chris Owings, and Hermen Marquez right now in the opening day lineup. We have uh, Owings too, correct? We do. Okay. So I'm I'm writing down the other positions. Crone. Uh, We've got CJ Crone at first base. Joshua Fuentes at third base. That's going to be a great trivia question for all time. Story, obviously, at short. Kelly Blackman, obviously, in right field. Tapia did start in left field. For the first time. For the first time. Yep. And then in center field, Garrett Hampson. All right, that takes care of 21. What about 2020? What about the pandemic year? We're missing the Tapia center fielder. Tapia, we got him already oh, yeah. right from David Dahl. David Dahl, I believe, was the starting center fielder. Yeah. Sam Hilliard was, was the starting left fielder. First base, only a two-time opening day guy, Daniel Murphy. And that brings us to a guy who's going to fill a lot of spots here. Nolan in our Sporkle game. That's right. The the cousin of Josh Fuentes. I don't even know if I remember the order of the letters. I don't know if I can remember how to spell his name. It's Wait, just... hold on. He and Joshua Fuentes are cousins? I, I, I'm sorry. You just broke nose here, Patrick. Big Lyon. time. Big time. I, I did right. not know this. <laughs> That's why you got to make sure you're subscribed to the DNVR Rockies podcast and, and even on Twitter, too, at DNVR underscore Rockies. All right, let's go to 2007. Let's go to their World Series year. How about starting center fielder? You know that off the top of your head? I can even now, Willie Tavares. Yeah, I was going to say it was either Corey Sullivan or Willie Tavares, but I think Corey Sullivan started in 06. Did. All right, what about third baseman? Garrett Atkins. We got a lot of mentions on Monday's show. Big, big favorite of Mr. Evan Lang at first base. Well, uh, I guess I guess now is as good a time as yeah. any. Mr. Todd Helton, the Todd father himself. Left field. Too low. We'll fill in a lot of spots. And look at that. I, don't, I didn't even have to type in all of it. In left field, I'm drawing a blank. I know right field was Brad Hopp. But in left field, Mr. Matt Holliday. Yeah, of course. I was thinking it was Spielborgs, but uh, Spilly, I, I know, started on opening day. I think 2009 was his year. Yeah, but I think. I'm going to type in Spilly and see if Spilly works. No, it doesn't. They're, they're, this was not generated by a Rockies fan. Okay, Ryan Spielberg, 2009. Uh, Seth Smith. Seth Smith, he's probably he who we're missing. 2009. In 2009, in the yeah. second spot in the order in left field. Yeah, and started there. He batted second in 2009, 2010, and 2011 on that opening day lineup. Let's go to the inaugural year. See if we can remember all of those guys. Let's let's. Galarraga. I don't feel I don't feel smart saying Andres Galarraga, but there we go. We got 
Galarraga, two R's, one G. Patrick, you can do this. Charlie Hayes. Charlie Hayes. We have. We Dante. already got Freddie Benavides. So Gerald with a J. Clark. That's right. He was in left field, and then the center fielder that day it wasn't Mike Kingery. He was a couple years later. Uh Ooh. Alex Cole. Alex Cole. That's right. And then Dante Bichette. We got him. All right, 94, final year at Mile High. Walt Weiss was the leadoff hitter there. Oh, four. He was a four-time opening day starter. And then the center fielder, well, maybe Mike Kingery was 94 instead of 95. No, he was 95. So we're missing the center fielder. Ellis Burks, of course. And that's I think gonna... he was 94 and then maybe 97, 98. Yeah, he's got a bunch. All right. Well, now that we're at 95, we might as well slide in. He was a member of the team the first two years, just couldn't find a home yet. Eventually, the hot corner became the home for Mr. Vinny Castilla. That takes care of 93 through 1997. Is there a year you want to jump to? So right now we're at 213 out of 262 with five minutes left. Um, I do have one in it. I don't remember if it's Kevin Henry's favorite player of all time with the Rockies or yours, but I want to say in 2004, Kit Pellow made the opening day start in left field. Yes. Ben Petrick. Oh, ben Petrick never started on opening day. Look at that first whammy. That's some spelling wrong. It's Patrick, but with an mm-hmm. E. Yeah. yeah. Nope, he never started on opening day. Jay Payton made an opening day start. He made at least two, I think. Nope, only made one. Now, Preston now we're Wilson. just Preston Wilson. I'm trying to think three. of mid two thousands Rockies. Well, Todd Hollinsworth is the first one that comes to mind for me, and Jeremy Burnett's J E R O M Y. That makes him a double unique. Uh, Dustin Moore, M O H R. That's right. And if we're also, well, Ben Petrick never started opening day, got uh, got his spot taken by Mr. Justin Morneau. Only two opening day starts for him. And to close out first base, because I think we've got all first base, we're just missing a guy who we mentioned twice on this podcast, Mr. Mark Reynolds. Um, and have we got Ian Desmond? Ian Desmond does have one start at first base. That's right. That would have been his first year in 2017. Juan Pierre. No, Preston Ian Desmond Juan Pierre, yeah. A whole bunch for him. Only two, I think. He wasn't around the Rockies very long. We got Preston Wilson. Dexter Fowler. Hey, now. Now, now if we end up missing a big name, not even a big name, but enough of a name that you go, how did you miss that? Well, remember, we're trying to go from the one year guys, and then we yeah. cherry picked around. I'm Michael trying to make myself Kodire. feel better in case we miss anyone. Yeah, Michael Kadire, good one. Jeffrey Hammonds. I think he Jeffrey, played with the Rockies for half of a season. I also think of Tom Goodwin when I think of Jeffrey Hammonds. Yeah, yeah, that worked. Uh, third base in 2011. Was that Chris Nelson's year? Yes, no, it was. he was 12. I think he was 12 and no, 12 and 13. 12 Ty and 13. Wigginton was 2011. There we go. Ty Wigginton. W-I-G-G-I-N-T-O-N. Yeah. Oh, okay. It took this time. There we go. Royce wow. Clayton. All right. We're missing 22. Yeah, there were some of those obscure shortstops for a minute. 
Braves. Clayton, Clayton in 2004, missing third base. Juan Uribe. Three and five. Uribe, who you think of him as a third baseman and as a guy who maybe ate himself out of the league. He was a shortstop with the Rockies <laughs> in 2002. Uh, Nate Perez. Can't miss him. Jeff Cirillo. 98 through 2002. That's where we're light here a little bit. Jeff Cirillo, yes, all-star in the year 2000. Todd Zeal. Uh, yes, if you're watching this, I did use the number zero for the O in Cirillo. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Todd Zeal. Can you spell Todd Zeal? Z-E-I-L-E. Yeah. E before I when we're talking yeah. about Mr. Zeal. Chris we're missing another Steins. second baseman in 2002. Who did you have? Chris Steins? That might have been it. No, he was 2003. Third baseman. Jeff Baker. Baker was at second base, I think, maybe in 2002? No, 2005. Um, 2002. It's either try Jose Ortiz. It's either Jose Ortiz or Brent Butler. I'm going to say it's Ortiz. It is. We're missing three guys from 1999. The late Daryl Hamilton. That's it. And I want to say that pinch hit extraordinaire. John Vanderwall? Not John Vanderwall. Lenny Harris. Nope, Vanderwall was not there. Lenny Harris got an opening day start? I believe he did. There he did. Batting third in the lineup. Ooh, that was a rough year in 99. Daryl Hamilton, Nafi Perez, Lenny Harris, Dante Bichette, Vinny Castilla, Todd Helton, a mystery man who plays second base, Kurt Manwaring, and Daryl Kyle. Very, very good um, pitcher. Did we get Mike Lansing for second base? I know he Mike, made three. Oh, four. there's our time. All right, Mike Lansing would have been the next guy. And that would have put us at 258. Alas, we didn't get it. So we missed seven names. Mike Lansing, uh, a, a Wyoming legend. Jose Lopez. Oh, of course, uh, Gerardo Parra, which we would have had right away. And Corey Dickerson, how about that? We missed, we missed an all-star. Now, the fun part with these, and it's been a while since I've done that, I think I got to go to quiz stats. And then we'll find out how well we did. We got 97%. Average score is 36%. And we'll see the most common names. Yeah, we got all the, the most obscure ones. Kit Pello. There you go. That, that He's not my guy. He's got to be Kevin's guy. So Kevin likes, according okay. to Sporkle. I will have, uh, if he doesn't know, I'm going to have to inform him. And I, he's that the most may obscure. be his Christmas present. He is the most obscure guy. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, number most obvious one was Todd Helton. Troy Chulowitzki, Larry Walker. And you got to imagine there's there's baseball fans. Like this is something that if I get some free time, I'll, I'll do like Milwaukee Brewers. Let's just see how many guys I can remember from there. You know, I, probably once you get into the 70s, it's going to be a little, a little light. But Carlos Gonzalez, crazy to think 74% of people remember Luis A. Gonzalez. But no, of course, if you type in Gonzalez, you get the whole kit and caboodle. Arenado doesn't actually factor in terribly high. Only about 70% of people remember him. Then Dante Bichette, as far as popular. Trevor Story, Galarraga. Then Charlie Blackman. That's a little bit of a surprise that people remember Galarraga more than Charlie Blackman, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would say so. And Vinny Castilla features actually pretty high as well, higher than Matt Holiday. This was fun, and, and I think I, we did better than I thought. To be honest, like just because there are going to be those obscure ones, and I don't know if we could do better just naming every single Rockies player in general. 
because we're talking specifically on opening day. It captures that moment. Like when we think of 2021, hey, Josh Fuentes did win a Player of the Week award, but we're going to go Ryan McMahon all day. And he's not even on the list. Yeah. Not only is he not at third base, he's not even on the list. So that's a fun one. Go challenge yourself. If you listen to this, hey, you use it as a tool to, to help you out because uh, we were able to, to get a decent amount. And there were, there were a couple of names that you said no that I, I definitely had forgotten. Jorge Brito probably is at the top of that list. Jorge Brito, and right there at the end, it was Jose Ortiz. And I do remember him. I knew it was either him or Brent Butler. And that's that's kind of sad that I know that. <laughs> I knew it was one of those two. I felt Brent Butler would have been on fire. I think we, if we would have went rapid fire, I think we could have gotten probably all of them. I, honestly, I this I think the strategy is probably to to think obscure. I don't maybe not. I, who's to say? But well, I mean, right there at the buzzer, we had Mike Lansing, and that was three whiffed. spots there. And Para, which yeah. if we stayed in the pocket of thinking about cargo, thinking about that seventeen eighteen club, yeah, you're right. And yeah, we, we would have gotten Corey Dickerson eventually. Shot. If we weren't recording a podcast trying to create some exciting content. Yeah, we we would have we would have gotten, but as it were, this is our job, right? This this we have to play yeah. Sporkle on days like today in the middle of the lockout when there's not a lot going on. But uh, we're gonna go ahead and link some of those articles that you reference over there on Rocks Pile and Call to the Pen because that's some good work over there that you're doing. No, I don't know if you've got anything else, you know, in the pipeline. But we we always love having you on the show. Go ahead and plug away anything you'd like to at this point. Well, earlier you mentioned Whit Merrifield being the most popular player research in Colorado on baseball reference. And he will be at least one of a few players that I will have in our trade target series for the Royals. And the Royals article will be coming out tomorrow. And then we're going to finish off with the twins. And then we're going to go on to the AL West before hitting the national league. Love it. Yeah. By the time people, if you're listening to this on the podcast, a couple of those articles will even already be out for you so make sure you take a look at at noah's work and the fine folks over at rocks pile fs that's where they're at on twitter at rocks pile fs i'm at patrick d lyons on twitter make sure you're following our account at dnvr underscore rockies 50 cents for your first month on the dnvr.com even if you can't get down to the bar and cash in to get that bigger beer that super size even if you can't do that hey 50 cents for your first month can't beat that so thanks again Noah, I'm Patrick Lyons. Thanks for tuning in for the DNVR Rockies podcast.